Welcome to this week's episode of the Insatiable Appetite. I'm Robert Hashizumi, Senior Analyst at the Hartman Group. And once again, I'm joined by the CEO of the Hartman Group, Laurie Demerit. Hi, Robert. I am so happy that we get to do this plant-based podcast together again. Yep, same here. So Laurie, you remember the last time we did a podcast together was on Tom Brady's diet and how he is considered the GOAT or the greatest of all time in NFL history. So today we wanted to look at another individual considered the GOAT and his interest in sustainable eating. So this individual is the founder of the world's largest company by market cap, Microsoft. He has also been the world's wealthiest individual at various times over the past couple of decades. And he co-founded the world's largest private foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which has granted more than $54 billion. So Valori, the Harmon Group will be doing that soon, right? <laughs> right? This individual is, of course, Seattle's very own Bill Gates. Yes, indeed. You know, I think it's really interesting that someone who's been so influential in how we use computers and technology, I mean, for example, Robert, imagine not having all those Teams calls over the past year, mm -hmm. um, and influential in medicine with his work on pushing the vaccines. Now he wants to turn his attention to influencing how we eat. Yep, exactly. So he recently wrote a book titled How to Avoid a Climate Disaster, which was a New York Times bestseller. So his premise is that wealthy nations can, should consume 100% of their protein from plant-based sources to mitigate climate change. So as Oxfam has reported, the richest 1% of the world's population are responsible for more than twice as much carbon pollution as the poorest half of the world's population. Yeah, that's unbelievable when you put it, those metrics together like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure as most of our listeners know, raising cattle and animals for protein is just not great for the earth. Cows release methane gas. It's a major greenhouse carbon gas. And in fact, if all the cows on earth were their own country, they would actually be the third biggest greenhouse gas emitter in the world. So cows require a lot amount of land, uh, land that used to be forests, wetlands, savannas, um, those things typically serve as carbon sinks, which grab carbon from the atmosphere, and now they're being repurposed to grow cattle. So given the significant impact of cattle production on the environment, we've seen a lot of interesting developments in alternative protein over the past few years, obviously lab-grown meat, plant-based protein, and even things like cricket production to use that as an alternative protein. Right, crickets. I hear this year <laughs> folks are starting to eat cicadas, is that how you pronounce them? Although you can only once every 17 years, I understand. So Gates's premise is that a switch to plant-based protein sources will reduce greenhouse gases and be much more carbon neutral. That is what he is personally interested in regarding climate change. In fact, he has put his mouth, his money where his mouth is by investing in leading plant-based meat companies such as Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat, as well as cellular meat companies, Memphis Meats and Hampton Creek Foods. Yeah, and consumers believe that eating more plants and less meat is definitely better for their health. Um, our own research shows that about half of consumers in a recent study indicated they're looking for products that are labeled plant-based. Now, we know this is driven primarily by consumers linking plant-based with better health outcomes, at least perceived better health outcomes. So while the sustainability aspects of plant-based foods are attractive to consumers, it's typically been that link between personal health and plant-based that's been the most important purchase driver. Now that said, we're starting to see consumers increasingly value the environmental benefits of plant-based foods. 
And we're getting ready to ramp up our sustainability study, in fact, next month. So it'll be really interesting to see how much consumer attitudes and aspirations have shifted in the past year. Now, while these mock meat companies make up less than 1% of the meat industry, the market is growing exponentially and is predicting to double in the next five years to be worth over $8 billion. Yeah, that's a pretty nice growth rate. So, Laurie, I recall you brought in some Impossible Burgers from Burger King, and we had a you know a little tasting within the office. That was way before we started working from home. And the consensus within the office and our consumer research is that they seem similar enough and supposedly healthier than beef. But the main concerns with these plant-based meats are with their hyper-processing, you know, the super long ingredient lists, and a reliance on highly commoditized crops such as wheat and potentially GMO soy. So the more wellness-engaged consumers, our core consumers, are not leading the rush to these products. Yeah, that's right. For many of the core consumers, in fact, the true plant-based products tend to be things like legumes, grains, things that have been around for centuries. And many of these types of ingredients are associated with global cuisines. So the core consumer, that really engaged consumer, is typically looking to other countries, other cultures for their plant-based inspiration. But turning our attention back to Bill Gates, it is interesting to note that he has now become the largest private farmland owner in the U.S. He owns over 242,000 acres spread across 19 different states. And it's interesting because he's so well known for technology and philanthropy. So farmland seems a little off brand for him, don't you think? Yeah, it's a little different from technology and windows. So. Yeah, I saw that news. So it makes me wonder if there's some sort of connection between all the farmland he bought and his plant-based protein ambitions. So he's claimed in a, he's interested in seed science and biofuel development in a recent Reddit Ask Me Anything session. He also, I don't know if you know this, but he also invested in John Deere. And he mm -hmm. now owns more than 10% of that company. So he's very interested in plant-based foods sourced from pea protein and soy protein has the largest tract of farmland in the U.S. and is a major investor in farm equipment. But there's also the fact that he enjoys the occasional cheeseburger, you know, and there was a viral photo of him waiting in line at a local burger joint here in Seattle. So the fact that he wants wealthy nations to derive 100% of their protein from plant-based sources, but also enjoys a cheeseburger may not be very good for the optics of his message. <laughs> That's right. You know, on the topic of his land ownership, it's interesting to note that his foundation has made significant grants in the field of sustainable agriculture, and especially in the testing of super crops, um, which are resistant to climate change. So I don't know, perhaps he's doing some of his own experimentation on that land. You know, mm -hmm. and given the rising consumer interest in regenerative agriculture and the important role of technology in supporting that type of production system, this actually might be more of a natural fit for Gates than we initially thought. Yeah, uh, that kind of it's a natural fit, like you're saying. So it'll be interesting to see what he does next with all that land. Well, it looks like we're going beyond our time. So thank you, Lori, for, for joining this discussion on the reinvention of Bill Gates from technology whiz to farming. Thank you also, listeners. And we'll talk to you again in the next episode of The Insatiable Appetite. Thanks, Robert. See you later.